0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today, we're going to hear about how to get more results from the traffic you're already getting. Joining us is Will Lawrenson, who is the founder and CEO of Customers Who Click, which is a consultancy that helps its clients optimize their customer journey to turn paid traffic into customers, increase their average order values, and retain those customers for longer. Will is also the host of the very popular Customers Who Click Podcast. And today, Will and I are going to discuss why CRO needs to be your main focus as a marketer. All right, on with my conversation with Will Lawrenson, founder and CEO of Customers Who Click. Will, welcome to the Martech podcast. Hi, Benjamin. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you as our guest. Excited to talk a little CRO. I think that CRO is a big, loaded, hairy, scary topic for a lot of marketers. I will be honest. I start to sweat every time I get into a conversion rate optimization project because I just feel like you can spend hours on hours on hours tinkering and you're kind of making micro optimizations, hopefully, but you can get lost in the details. Talk to me about why CRO needs to be a main focus for marketers.
2: It really needs to be a big focus for marketers because almost every company I see focuses on traffic, which is great. You've got to drive that traffic to a website or an app because if you don't drive the traffic, you've got nothing. However, especially with the cost per click and everything going up with Facebook, with PPC, with pretty much every advertising channel, you've got to make sure that every click is counting. And that's where my career has kind of gone. I worked in a few startups early on and they were funded and we would come in as marketers, we'd be given a massive budget and just told your job, drive traffic, drive users, drive conversions and stuff. We're going to go keep building this product over here. We've got our roadmap and everything. You do your thing, we'll do our thing. And it just doesn't work like that. You have to keep optimizing the product for what the customers actually want, whether it's a B2B SaaS tool or an e-commerce site or a consumer subscription. You've got to keep working at making sure that experience is the best possible so that you're not wasting that money.
1: I think that there's an important balance here to talk about, which is, you know, there's a chicken to the egg problem. How do you get the traffic? And then how do you convert the traffic? You do need both. And I agree with you that marketers are often primarily saddled with being advertisers, right? Getting traffic, getting warm bodies to not only have awareness in the brand, but start to drive some engagement. But the throughput through some sort of web property or an app isn't always a static thing. Talk to me about the process for conversion rate optimization. We all have our websites or apps. We kind of have a general understanding of when I drive traffic from a given source, here's how it converts. How do you go about tackling conversion rate optimization problems when you're just starting from the beginning?
2: Well, how early we're talking, because you've got to have some traffic and data to work with. But let's assume we're talking about an early stage business that's run a few ads, run a bit of traffic. So you look at Google Analytics, you've got a bit of data there, you can kind of see how long people are staying on site, what your bounce rate is, where your exit pages are. So you can identify those blockage areas. Let's say we're talking about an e-commerce site, for example, you might see that you're getting loads of product views, but no one is adding product to basket, or barely anyone. But then when they add product to basket, they are visiting checkout, they are completing checkout. So you haven't really got an issue there. The issue is people are not adding to cart. You have to get customer feedback on this. If you don't speak to customers, you're kind of taking educated guesses because at the end of the day they're the ones who are going to tell you what's wrong with the page, what they're looking for, what information is missing, or in a lot of cases, the information which isn't necessarily missing because it's actually on the page, but it's just not obvious to them. It might be tucked away further down the page or you know in the case of reviews, a lot of companies put reviews kind of just underneath the product's name. They'll just have the little the little stars up there, but it's not actually that obvious to people. And so you'll get loads of customers saying, "I couldn't see any reviews for this product," or it could be things like, "I didn't know what your shipping policy was." And you've got this banner that runs along the top of the page, which says "free shipping over $100," for example. And it just shows that it's really easy as a marketer and as the business to kind of implement something and know that it's there, and then assume that because you know it's on page, everyone will see it.
1: What I'm hearing from you is there's a couple different steps in getting started with conversion rate optimization all the way from the top level where you have some traffic, you need to look at your data and A, understand what your funnel is, right? You use the e-commerce example of traffic acquisition to product view to adding to cart to cart completion and everybody's funnel, depending on what industry you're in, is going to be a little different, but that's kind of the classic e-commerce version. Content, product, cart conversion. Then, once you understand what that funnel is, you start to look for what you call the blockages where you might have a high conversion rate from cart to order checkout completion, but it might be getting to cart that's the problem. And then the last part is understanding the why. And your advice is to talk to customers. You got into the sort of the devil is in the detail here. Hey, you have free shipping listed on the website, but I didn't see it. So, how do you? go through the process of A, identifying your funnel and then figuring out what's broken and then finding customers who had that problem to figure out what to solve?
2: You kind of start with the data side. So going back to that data funnel I mentioned earlier, you might see that your conversion rate is 1% and you're thinking 1% is terrible. We've got to get that improved. So you look into the funnel and you see that of customers who add to cart, 90% of them, that's super high, but 90% of people who add to cart go and convert.
1: You're doing something right.
2: Yeah. You can kind of look at that end of the funnel and think, we've got that sorted. We've got no issues there. Once people enter that cart flow, we've absolutely nailed it. So what is going wrong at that previous stage? And most likely, it's add to cart. People are getting to a product page, they're not adding to cart, which means the product itself is not convincing people that it's the right product for them. It's going to resolve their issues. Mm -hmm. But it could also be that they're not convinced by the business as well. And that's where you're looking at that one funnel segment, which is add to cart," which means they're on the product page, they're not adding to cart. There are two very different issues, though, that people are facing. One, is the product what I need? Is it going to solve my problem? And two, is this the business that I want to buy this product from? You can't answer that question without that customer feedback, really. So that's when you start to ask the question. And you have to look at different segments. So people who are exiting that page, you can ask them, what is the one reason you did not purchase today?
1: I want to jump in here and ask you a question. You mentioned, all right, well, there's these people that are visiting this page. I think one of the key pain points for marketers when they're going through CRO is actually finding customers who have had the experience they're trying to target. I want to find someone who added something to cart, but then abandoned the cart. How do I actually not only find them in the sense of like, I can identify them in Google Analytics, but actually get contact information and have a conversation with them? Walk me through the process of recruiting customers to give you product feedback.
2: So the tool I use mostly is Hotjar. It's absolutely fantastic for gathering feedback from various segments. So I've actually got one client where I am collecting feedback from three very different user segments. We've got the people who are browsing the website, the actual kind of transactional website. And for those people, if they abandon the site, we're asking them, what's the one main reason you did not purchase today? Then we're also speaking to those people who have made a purchase. And we're following up with, you know, how would you rate the experience on the website? Was there anything in particular that almost put you off making that purchase? Was there one thing that was causing a bit of doubt? And then we're also looking at those people who are looking at the blog. For this particular business, it makes sense because it's quite a high consideration product. So with the bloggers, we're asking... How do you rate your knowledge of these products and this industry? And what is the main thing that you look for from a website-like client in order to make that purchase? And obviously, if they're on the blog, we know they are relatively low knowledge. But it's a way of entering that conversation with people with a pretty easy question, which grabs their attention. And then we're asking the question, what is the one thing you want from a business like this that would make you trust it?
1: Now, we were using the example of a relatively early stage business, uh, sort of a classic e-commerce funnel. When you look at the opposite end of the spectrum, there are endless possibilities and endless tests that you can run because you're a new website. You're just figuring out what you should be doing. And on the flip side, and when you think about an enterprise scale website, e-commerce or not, I used to work at eBay. Let's take the eBay website. The tiniest little tweak, because that website gets so much traffic, can have a massive impact on the business's bottom line, right? There was always merchandising questions of how much we should put on one page and where we're trying to drive traffic. When you're working on an enterprise-scale website, millions of pages hundreds of millions of visitors, how do you figure out what to prioritize? And and what does the structure of CRO look that's different than what it would look like at the earliest stage companies?
2: So there's a lot more research that goes into it when you're reaching that enterprise level, and you're dealing with tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of page views, or even millions I tend to lay out a spreadsheet with each client I work with. And what we do is we kind of list every test that we think of, just every idea, no matter how big or small, whatever it is, you just list it on this sheet. And then we start scoring it against various criteria. And it can be things like, is it above the fold? Yes, no. If it's above the fold, it's more obvious. And therefore, it's more likely to have an impact. Are we adding something or removing something from the website as opposed to just changing something? Because if you're adding or removing Again, it's something that's much more noticeable on that website than if you're just maybe changing the position of something or changing the design of an icon or something. Then there's various qualifiers such as, has this been identified in analytics? Has it been identified in heat maps or uh, session recordings? Has it been identified in customer feedback? And all these things, when you answer yes to them, they add a point. And basically, you're looking for the highest scoring test to run first. And generally, we end the scoring with a rough idea of how much development work is going to be required if we want to implement this test and the result.
1: Let me ask you a question there. You mentioned scoring. When you're running a CRO test, what is the scoring mechanism that you're using?
2: For each of these questions we're asking, such as, are we adding or removing? Is it above the fold? Is it supported by customer feedback? It's generally a one or zero or a two or a zero. Some of them, things like, are we adding or removing from the website, that tends to be a two or a zero, because it is higher impact. If it's above the fold, it could be a one or a zero. And then for some of the development scoring, it can go from zero to three. So if it's going to take several days or a week to implement, it might be a zero. If it's going to take an hour or two, it could be a three.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. And something that I never thought of, I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, CRO scares the crap out of me. Because you know should this button be red, should it be blue? Should we have our reviews above the fold or below the fold? should we have the checkout button on the left or the right or the middle, or what product image? how many product you can come up with an endless number of questions and I think that at the end of the day you're always hypothesis testing it's a very scientific medium doing conversion rate optimization, so trying to prioritize what those tests are and should be. That scoring mechanism that you mentioned and your variables were, are you adding or removing something? What's the development impact? A couple of other ones where you're building in a score and that helps you prioritize what tests you should evaluate first. Like to me, that's the hardest part about CRO is figuring out what you should test and understanding how to evaluate that and then asking for customer feedback, finding the right people. Like you could do this all day, every day, hundreds of people on a big enough website can do it. And on the flip side, if you're working on a small website, then the challenge becomes getting enough traffic to get conclusive data. Like I said, CRO, it is a complex topic.
2: Yeah, exactly. I do think one misconception about it is the amount of traffic you need. Because CRO is not necessarily A-B testing, that forms a major part of it. And for businesses over a certain size, pretty much everything you do will be A-B tested. If you are a small business, you can still run conversion optimization without testing. You have to be obviously careful, you have to be quite confident in what you're doing through that customer research, that analysis. But you can optimize a website and improve conversion and improve that customer experience without having to wait six months for that level of data that you'd normally require if you were doing an A-B test.
1: Yeah, you know, there's a level of confidence, a level of understanding the scientific approach that goes to conversion rate option optimization that is required. It's one of those skills that you need experience to get experience. And that's one of the things that makes it challenging, just like finding your first job. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Will Lawrenson, the founder and CEO of Customers Who Click. In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Will and I are going to discuss whether you should be judging conversion rate optimization for conversions or for value. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Will, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Will Lawrenson, W-I-L-L-L-A-U-R-E-N-S-O-N.